I got to be honest, I had such false expectations before I had kids. Like, I literally in my mind pictured family devotions in my mind before I had kids that they were going to all be lined up on the couch, neatly groomed, all family Bible. open Bibles. <laughs> I was going to begin to teach from the scriptures. A light beam would come shining in. And it is like total chaos. Like, every time we try to have family devotionals, it's sit down, stop hitting him, and stuff. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of The Link. I'm pretty excited about this one because we're talking about Father's Day. You guys know Father's Day is right around the corner. So we want to give a big shout out and express our appreciation to all the dads that are out there. The uh, granddads, the spiritual dads, the adoptive dads. If you are a dad, we appreciate you. But you know, it's been said that being a dad is the toughest job you'll ever love. So today we're going to talk about what it means to be a dad, some of the joys, some of the difficulties, and how God, as our Father, helps us through it all. Uh, I also want to give a very special shout out to two of our team members who have recently had children of their own. First to Garrett and Stephanie. want to say congratulations on welcoming baby Foster into the family. And then to Jordan and Hannah. want to say congratulations for welcoming baby Aliyah. So awesome to be a part of the Woodside family and to see how God is blessing our team. As always, I invite uh, people who are much smarter than myself. And today I've invited two dads that I love, I appreciate, and I respect tremendously. First off, Jeff Keith. And many of you know him. Jeff is the pastor of our campus pastor for our Warren campus. Uh, Jeff is an awesome girl dad. We're going to talk about what it means to parent uh, four awesome girls. But it's great to see you, Jeff. It's good to see you, too. Yeah, and then Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones is one of the leaders at our Lapeer campus, primarily in worship, but he helps in uh, a number of areas, such a servant heart, but he is a boy dad. So we got both girls and boys represented here. Caleb, thanks for joining us today. It's good to be here. Yeah, I want to start off by asking about what rocks about being a dad. I often see that hashtag, fatherhood rocks. So Jeff, if you had to think of what is your greatest joy of being a dad, what would you say? Well, I have to say, I think the greatest joy about being a dad is being able to rock the dad bod. There you, there you go. <laughs> you know, I've got a reason now. No, I think probably the greatest thing about being a dad is seeing uh, your child come to you and call you daddy. Yes. You know, and give you those hugs, especially after like a hard day yeah. or a difficult time. And, and sometimes they just know like not, something's wrong with dad. And yes. so just coming in and giving you that hug and saying, daddy, and I've got four teenage daughters now, so uh, they still call me daddy. Yeah, And, yeah, uh, and that brings great joy. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think about no matter how hard my day is, because I still got little ones, when that garage lifts and I walk in, they still come running. And my kids have this little competition, who gets the first hug? And you're right, it does kind of just uh, bring joy and melts all the pain away. What about you, Caleb? Yeah, it's good. I mean, similar. Um, but I have boys, so they're not, like, overly affectionate with me. <laughs> um, but the more affection that I show them, the more they give back to me, which is really awesome. Yeah. Um, so now, like, my oldest, he'll be seven in July, and, you know, he is counting on me for things. He is relying on me. He's asking me to hold him. He grabs my hand. And so it's, it's, it's a new season um, yeah. for him and me. Uh, he's maturing, and, and so it's 
probably the best thing ever. So You know, it's interesting because when they're younger, you're like teacher, provider. But um, it's, it's really sweet when you're into that stage where friendship is, is forming and you're able to uh, laugh together and uh, talk about things that are fun. And sometimes even as they get older, go to them for advice. Right. Uh, I don't know how to dress myself now, but uh, my teenage daughter will tell me, Dad, that is terrible. You should not wear that. You should wear this. But it's a different season, but it's really good. All right, let's talk a little bit about forming a relationship, because I think for a lot of dads, uh, let's be honest, like forming that relationship is not easy. So what does it look like, Jeff, with girls forming that relationship? Yeah, uh, with girls, it's... uh it's a lot different. I grew up in a household with boys and girls, and so it was just this big mix of brothers and sisters. And and uh, with with girls, it's um, spending time with them. You know, being being present. You know, I I know that uh, you know God calls us to provide, but I think for girls, you know, they don't need they, they don't care about how much money I make. They want to know that I'm there, yeah. and uh, cultivating that time with them, making sure that I'm being intentional with that time, making sure that I'm there for dinner making sure that I'm there for their, their games or for the things that are important to them. And uh, even, you know, we have things that we do together as a family, like we all like to run. And uh, so those are ways in which we, we build relationships and cultivate relationships. But it's also, as my girls have gotten older, getting to know the things that they like and trying to do those things, like learning how to TikTok. Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't know. Do <laughs> right, I, I right. Think I've seen you in a few. <laughs> <I, yeah. laughs> yeah, but I, I, you know, it's just it's spending that time. It's getting to know them, caring for them, and um, having having joy together and, and finding ways to laugh. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the resources we're going to be recommending today is a book by Dr. Michelle Canfield called "Let's Talk: Conversation Starters for Dads with Daughters." Because so often it's like you're afraid as a dad, in particular, as your daughter becomes a teenager, like you don't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, and so this book is great because it has conversation starters for dads. If you don't know what to say, it really helps you. But I had a really good friend of mine tell me uh, earlier this year, she may not want to talk every time you want to. Be okay with that, but be willing to drop everything when she does want to talk. And so I love what you're saying about being just available and just, just being there. What about being a boy dad? How is that? Yeah, again, I mean, Max is a mama's boy. Um, so I've got a six and a half, well, he'll be seven in July next month. And uh, our youngest is 10 months. And I had to really pursue Max. Like I had to find the things that he loves to do. And one of them is just video games. And that's, that's a struggle. Um, I'm not overly into video games. Yeah. But he wants me to play. And so as I pushed and sought the things that he wanted to do, now he's sending Aaron out of the house. Like, well, Dad, when can we have boy time? When can we yeah. just yeah. Uh, spend time together, just me and you? And so something that he didn't want, you know, two or three years ago, yeah. now he's, like, begging for it all the time. Yeah, that's good. So, but you have to pursue it. You have yeah. to, like what Jeff said, you have to find the things that they like and uh, pursue those things with them. One of my sons is an introvert, but it, when we're playing video games, and I was like you, I was kind of anti-video game. Then I had a boy who loves video games, and we have some of the best conversations while we're playing NBA 2K20, you know, and uh, we're talking and, and kind of bonding. Um, and, you know, I think about what you just said about pursuing your son. 
I got to tell you, the, my favorite fatherhood movie of all time is Finding Nemo. You know, and when you think about Finding Nemo, it's all about pursuit. Yeah. It's all about chasing down yeah. your kids. All right, we talked about the joys. Yeah. Uh, what would you say, Caleb, is maybe the most challenging part of being a father? <sighs> There's so many. There's so many. So many. I think, I think <laughs> finding time. We just always have excuses, job, yeah. activities, yeah. friends, um, yard work. Um, as men, we like to stay busy. And sometimes families are the last thing that, that we tend to go to. Uh, but over these past uh, few years, I've just really tried to seek after um, making time the number one thing you know, with my family. And so it's still been a struggle, yeah. um, but it's kind of beautiful just to watch the last two years progress with our family. The more that um, I lean into just yeah. dropping everything. And uh, so it's good, um, but it's also a struggle. I mean, a, a every day when I'm just done and spent yeah. from ministry and talking to, to people and my son wants to come home and just have a, a huge conversation about Fortnite or whatever it is, <laughs> and I just don't want to do it. But, you know, I have to lean into those moments and, and give that to him. Yeah, what's that old saying that kids spell love, T-I-M-E? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, just making time. And it, and it is, and I don't know if there ever is a time where it gets easier, you know. What about you, Jeff? What would you say is the toughest part? Yeah, I feel like there's, uh, you know, we hear this, this term, uh, mom guilt. I, I, I feel that there's dad guilt, yeah. too, as well, that, that somehow there's, this uh, this standard for being a dad, you know, for me personally, I think that you know one of my biggest fears being a pastor is that I'll I will be the biggest failure failure if uh, my kids grow up and hate the church. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I live with that and that tension of how do we how do we show them the love of Jesus? How do we get them connected to the church? And but how do we also let them not be a PK? You know, yeah. and not have to live under that pressure and in that that fishbowl. Um, that, that's a big challenge, but I also think that another big challenge is now I'm learning how to stay at a distant, not in a bad way, but in a good way to, to allow them to fail successfully. Like take the things that they learn and the things that we've been teaching them and trying to impress upon them, but then give them the ability to say, okay, let's try this out. You know, just like Jesus did, right? He, he took the position initially in the disciples' lives of just saying, hey, just watch me. And then he took the position of saying, okay, now go try. And I feel like my kids are now at the age of where they're really going to try. And as they, as they uh, meet a challenge and they find success, we want to celebrate that. That's um, really and, and really, I've also learned that, you know, I'm, I'm really good at calling out the bad things yeah. in their lives, but I really want to celebrate and champion the, yeah. the times that I see them raise, raise to the occasion and uh, realize that, you know, I want to be their biggest cheerleader. Yeah. And instead yeah. of their biggest critic, I want to be their biggest cheerleader. You know, we're all ministry dads, so we could do like a whole show <laughs> just on how to not to mess up your kids <laughs> right. where they don't hate the church. Because I do live with that thought of, man, I don't want them to grow up uh, despising the church, nor do I want them to think of the church just as daddy's job. Like, I want them to have a sense of, man, daddy loves God, and uh, he gets a chance to help other people to know God. Uh, but I don't want them to grow up just, you know, uh, uh, resentful, if you will, of the church. I think the, the toughest thing for me, honestly, is discipleship with my kids. I got to be honest, I had such false expectations before I had kids. Like, I literally in my mind pictured 
family devotions in my mind before I had kids, that they were going to all be lined up on the couch, neatly groomed, awesome Bible. open Bibles. <laughs> I was going to begin to teach from the scriptures. A light beam would come shining in. And it is like total chaos. Like every time we try to have family devotionals, it's sit down, stop hitting him and stuff. And I'm thinking like, this is a lot easier on Sunday mornings when I'm with like the church family. It's so much harder there. But I'll never forget talking to um, a woman after she got married. And she says, you know, our family devotionals were rough. Like we were always wild. She said, but my dad was, was faithful. And uh, when she got married at the wedding uh, party, pre-wedding party, uh, she thanked him. She said, thank you for all those devotionals. And he didn't even know what stuck, what didn't stick or whatever. So I do say to dads who feel like, I don't even know if this is working. Just hang in there. Keep modeling Jesus. Uh, and uh, I, I've come to realize that the informal times are just as important yeah. as the formal times of, uh, of discipleship. What does it mean? You know, the Bible talks about God in a number of different ways, but one of the ways is the relationship between the Father, God the Father, God the Son. What does it mean to you? How does it heal your heart or minister to you to think of God as Father? God is your Heavenly Father. Jeff? Yeah, there are lots of uh, ways in which we see God in His character uh, being displayed in Scripture that has really ministered to my heart as a dad. And I, I think the very first one uh, that we see in Genesis chapter 1, or Genesis chapter 2, when, um, when God comes down, He steps down and, and gets the dirt and makes Adam, and then He breathes life into His nostrils. Like the, the fact of the role of like God wanting to breathe life into me and giving me the opportunity to breathe life into others, I, I think is a, a great imagery. Um, being God being approachable. Um, God always saying, you know, come to me, come to me, come to me. And, and I think like that also carries over into my own life. Like I always want to be approachable with my kids, um, knowing that I, I have joy when I see them coming towards me, knowing that God has joy when he sees me coming towards him. I think God's unconditional love. Um, God, God is forgiving. He is always forgiving. And even though, you know, when there's sin in my own life, there's, you feel that distance, he's immediately there ready to, to pursue after me and to welcome me back in. Um, and I, I think that imagery too. But I think the one imagery of God that I'm working through now is that we know that God is a, a giver of good gifts. And I love in, in um, Matthew chapter 7 when uh, Jesus is talking about asking, seeking, and knocking and uh, that we are, we are to come to God with our requests. And there's that, that phrase in there. He uses like human imagery to help us understand that. And he says, you being a father, like you know what to give your yeah. kids good gifts, right? right? So if your kid comes to you asking for a fish, you're not going to give him a serpent. Or he comes asking for bread, you're not going to give him a stone. And, uh, but as I've been thinking about that, you know, there are times in which I approach God and I ask for the serpent. When I, when I come to him, I say, God, please help me. Give me a serpent. And he says, no, I can't give you a serpent because it's not good for you. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I, and I think what I'm learning right now in my kids' lives is sometimes they come and ask me for a serpent. And I've got to be careful enough to be able to say, hey, that's a serpent. Like, I can't give you that, but I can give you this. Yeah. And so we talk about this a lot now in our home of, of trying to move, finding the ways of saying, okay, you want a serpent. I can't give you a serpent, but what's at the heart of that? Well, maybe it's you wanted a serpent because you wanted to 
grow in responsibility of caring for something. Yeah. Okay, well, let's... What's behind that? Yeah, well, let yeah. me give you a fish. Yes. Okay, you know, and, and yes. I think it's understanding how God... I'm thankful that God doesn't give me the serpents when I ask for them. And uh, sometimes my kids come and they ask, like, for this app on their their iPhone or their iPad. I'm like, I can't, that's yeah, a serpent, yeah, yeah. And, you know, or, or can I go to this? I'm like, no, you can't because it's yeah. a serpent. Yeah. But let's try to find what we can say yes to. Yeah, you just gave me my family devotional for this. Week. I'm doing <laughs> it. Good, I'm doing it, bro. I'll cite you the first time, but like the second time <laughs> I do it, it's going to be my idea. So what about you? Yeah, uh, I, I love uh, when the disciples um, are with Jesus and all the you know, children are, are coming around. The disciples are like, go away. And Jesus is like, you know, bring them back, you know. And, and so I, I keep going back to time because I think time, I, I told another worship leader here at Woodside today, time is the one thing we can't get back. And so, you know, we can always make more money. We can always buy more stuff, but we can never get more time with our family. And so that's, that's the thing for me, you know, that God always has time for me, always. In the middle of my day, in the biggest, you know, part of the hardship that I'm going through, God always has time for me. And so, you know, as a father who loves to work, as a father who uh, loves to do extracurricular activities and who loves to be busy, who loves to mow my grass with perfect lines, <laughs> I have to like just stop when my son is saying, dad, come and play baseball with me. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know, so that, that's, that's what I love is just how God is, he has endless time for us. Yeah. You know, I think of, um, of uh, Mark 4, Jesus' baptism, and uh, when uh, the Father speaks from heaven and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You know, uh, I think sometimes uh, our kids can know we love them, that we'll provide for them, but do they know that we're pleased with them, you know? And so I, I want to make sure that I'm always saying to my kids, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm pleased with you, and not just, not based off of performance. Obviously, we celebrate when they do great things, great grades, or accomplish something on the field. Uh, but in general, when just for being them, uh, affirming them, and I think God does that so often, and that again gives that kind of secure love. Yep. You know, one thing that we've tried to do is even in our disciplining, mm -hmm. is to find ways to affirm them at the same yeah. time. Yeah. because we don't want them to just feel like, oh, I did something wrong, yes. and so dad's mad at me, mom's mad at me. Um, and so we try to, like, reinforce with love. This does not define who you are. Yes. You did something wrong. Let's make it right. Jesus forgives you. Mom and dad forgive you. Um, but just reaffirming throughout, you know, their whole lives. It's not about performance. Yes. The love is unconditional. Yes. It's not based on what you're doing right now. You know what, let me throw in another resource because you just triggered a thought. Uh, the Kimmel family, uh, Dr. Uh, Tim Kimmel and his daughters, Karis Kimmel Murray, uh, but uh, they wrote the book, uh, he wrote the book, Grace-Based Parenting, which is uh, parenting our children like God parents us. Mm -hmm. And then she wrote the book, Grace-Based Discipline, 
So it's a great model. And in that book, talks a lot about what you just talked about. How do we love and affirm even when we're disciplining and not losing track of the goal, losing sight of the goal of discipline to actually bring them to a healthy and safe place. All right, Father's Day is around the corner. I don't know what you've dropped hints about. I've already told my wife, if you're watching golf clubs and uh, <laughs> golf lessons, I've already told them I don't want them to have to mind read. That's my gift to them. Uh, but on a serious note, for a lot of people, Father's Day is hard either because of an, uh, an estranged relationship, a strained relationship uh, with their fathers, or maybe even the loss of a father. What encouragement would you give, Caleb? Hmm. Yeah, uh, I think any time, like, you know, we have a service at Woodside, and it's Mother's Day or Father's Day, one thing we, we try to always just say is, this is not the most glorious day for everybody. Um, you know, uh, my dad worked a lot, he worked for General Motors, brought his work home with him every day, um, you know, took his frustration out on the family a lot. Uh, and my dad has since changed, thankfully. Um, but, you know, that, those weren't glorious times, you know, as a kid. Hearing mom and dad fight, um, hearing my dad be angry with me, that wasn't, you know, always fun. Um, but I think, you know, through... Our Heavenly Father, there's hope even with fathers uh, who are still around. You know, maybe maybe someone has a bad relationship with their, with their father who's still around. Um, you know, for me, uh, pr pursue, pursue your father. You know, I go back to time, but my dad found out, we found out about three years ago that my dad had stage four kidney cancer. Um, and so they removed his kidney and within two weeks, it had already spread to his lungs. And they gave my dad about six months to live. And, uh, you know, I've always had a decent relationship with my dad, you know, but there were stressful times as a kid because of my dad's job. Um, but, you know, all that to say, you know, in the last three years, you know, we, we, just, don't, we just don't have time. Yeah. We don't have time to allow these relationships to cause a detriment to the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know, I don't want the way that my dad brought his work home with me for me as you know someone who works at the church yeah. and there's good times and there's bad times but I don't want to bring that home all the bad stuff yes. and and let that affect my son you know in a bad way so you know I, I would say you know pursue those relationships you know even if it's really yeah. hard I think that's really good and and you know I think just the whole thought we don't have time for unforgiveness right we, we don't have yeah, time for resentment right. we've got to pursue it you know my dad and I went through multiple years of really strained relationship. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was young. And so, you know, uh, kind of sided with mom and, and was uh, fought finally with my father. But um, I praise the Lord, we reconciled, we were able to reconcile. Uh, he passed in 2001, but for the last three years of his life, um, we had such a sweet relationship. And, um, I think that was important because for a lot of guys, that father wound is the final frontier. If you can't heal from that, it will hinder your relationship. And I realize now, man, if I didn't heal from that, it would have affected my marriage, my parenting, all of it. What do you say, Jeff? Yeah, I think just to go along with that, you know, the, I know in my own life, the, the approval of my father yeah. has been uh, something that's driven me for years. And, and I have a kind of unique 
situation too. I was adopted, okay. um, and my parents couldn't have kids of their own, and so they saw alternative opportunities to grow their family. And I, so I was adopted, and, and I was shown an amazing amount of love. That's great. And I was brought up in the church. I learned how to serve from my dad. I watched my dad give his life to the church, give his life to his work too, but give his life to his family and to his church. And uh, so I often found it easy as a child to celebrate my dad. You know, thanks, Dad. Thanks, I see the hard work. And he would take me along as we'd help the, the widows in our church. And there I got a chance to really learn what it means to serve. Um, but then uh, my mom died, and uh, that changed my dad. Um, instead of pursuing God, that brokenness that he felt from the loss of her, he ran from God. And he ended up abandoning me when I was 16. And so I'm all alone, no longer have a dad. I have a dad that I thought loved me and cared for me and now doesn't want anything to do with me. And uh, that was hard for me. That was, that was really hard. And over the course of, of time of being hurt, one of the things that I learned is I really wanted to go back and be like, okay, you've taught me all these things, dad. Yeah. Like what was true, what was false? Like what, what's real, what's not real? And I feel like bringing my hurt to God, my heavenly father, yeah was the greatest thing I could do. And it wasn't, it wasn't healed overnight, but it was this continual bringing my heal, hurt back to the Lord to allow him to help me to see and remember the good that my dad showed me. The, what are the things that are good that my dad did? Remember those things and then hold on to the things that are true. Everything that my dad did wasn't a failure. You know, he wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. And I pray that my kids don't just harp on all my failures, but they're able to see, well, my dad, my dad did good too. So, you know, remember what's good, hold on to what's true and bring my pain to Jesus. That's good. Crawling up in the lap of my heavenly father on a daily basis by saying, God, this is my heart, my heart and it hurts. And in that seeking to allow him to minister to my pain, to heal my grief, but also to get me to the point of forgiveness, being able to say, okay, you know, even though I, I, I can't have a relationship with my father now, um, I've forgiven him and there's no longer that pain. I can go back in my mind and relive all of those, those nightmares and those feelings and it not hurt my heart. Yeah. And, and I don't have to parent from that anymore. Yeah, that's good. And now I, I, I seek to, you know, I still want to please my father, but I want to please my heavenly father. Bro, that's awesome, man. And, it, and this feels like, um, a perfect time to present the gospel. And maybe you're watching us and you don't have a father. Jesus came precisely so that we might have a father, a relationship with our heavenly father. And, you know, uh, sin separates us. You know, maybe it was your earthly father's sin that broke your heart, or maybe it's your own sin that has uh, messed up your life. But Jesus pays our sin debt. And by faith and trust in him, we can have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I'm telling you, it's the greatest relationship you will ever have because it heals every hurt in your heart and in your life. And so if you don't have a relationship uh, with the Father today, put your trust and your faith in Jesus and uh, you'll get one today. And I think that's the greatest Father's Day gift ever. Guys, thank you so much for joining uh, today. Uh, Jeff, can you pray us out today? Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Father, we thank you uh, that you are a good father and that we have that example and that you are a God that is accepting of us in the midst of, of our pain, in the midst of our rebellion, uh, you still love us and that you still provided a way for us to be at peace with you and to be at peace with others through Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that this Father's Day that you would encourage us, those that are fathers. Father, help us to know and to, to rest in the grace that you provide 
knowing that uh, we won't be perfect, but you are perfect. And so in our imperfection, may you cover that. And Father, I pray for those fathers out there right now that um, are dealing with, with children that are rebellious. Father, I pray that you would help them to uh, continue to bring their children to you in prayer. Even though they may not be able to fix the rebellion or change the heart of their children, Father, I pray uh, that they, just like the, 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 the father of the prodigal son, would be waiting there looking for their return. And Father, I pray for those fathers that feel discouraged, would you allow them to be encouraged uh, this time and allow them to look to Jesus to find that. And Father, in all things, we, we pray that you would uh, continue to guide us and lead us as fathers as we shepherd our families, for we know that it's a great responsibility, but it also comes with a great reward. So may we experience some of that. May we get a glimpse to see that the work that we do and the sacrifices that we uh, provide are making a difference in the lives of our kids. But Father, we do all these things, um, not for ourselves, but we do it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks guys again. And if you accepted Christ into your heart, we would love to uh, get to know you, to walk with you, to put our arms around you as you take your next steps with Jesus. So make sure you reach out to your campus pastors, to your campuses. Uh, we also want to provide resources for you. I mentioned a few. All of that can be found in the postscript for this particular episode. And hopefully you'll have a great Father's Day. Can't wait to see you next time on The Link. 